Tonight we are going to preach. I'm going to preach the last message that I'm planning on doing on service. We've I think this is number nine that we've done on service, and this is um, I kind of when we started this whole thing, I started going through the book of Mark, and as I'm reading through it, I'm noticing different things about uh, with Jesus' example when it came to service, and I just kind of wrote down. All these different things I saw. You know, this would be a good message. This would be a good message, and and I kind of the order that I read them and saw them is exactly what uh, we've done in that order. And it's all been leading up to this last one. We're going to talk about Jesus's persistence. Jesus's persistence, because with all these things that we've talked about, you know, it's so easy to get up here and preach a message and and even show you scriptures and say, all right, this is what you've got to do to be successful. You know, this is I mean, you know, you know how easy it is to tell other people what they need to do? I mean, all of us in here, I mean, you know, we get so confused about what we should do in our own life sometimes. But you know, we all it's always crystal clear what everybody else needs to do, isn't it? And we're real good at that. But you know the truth is, it's not really that hard to know what to do, but it's hard to put it into practice. That's what's difficult. It's hard to actually do it. I mean, you know, ah, oh, man, I want to lose weight. Somebody, oh, that's easy. All you got to do is go on a diet and exercise. Well, that's real easy for you to tell me to do, and you're absolutely right. But we all know doing it is not an easy thing, and. Uh, but the the key to anything is really is persistence, because you know that we've all been on diets, but the problem is they don't last very long. We're not persistent with them. We don't we don't keep going. We don't keep trying. You know, you can hear. I mean, you hear preachers. They'll give these great illustrations about somebody that they won to Christ and and kind of how they won them over, how they answer these questions. And you hear that, and it's like, oh man. You know that's great. If I present it that way, man, everybody's going to get saved. When you go and you present it that way to somebody, and they look at you like you're totally crazy, and it doesn't work. And you know what? You don't always notice is these guys. They were probably witnessing to them for a really long time, or maybe they tried that method on a hundred people before somebody finally did it. But the key in pretty much everything is you'll see that there was persistence there. They just kept doing it. It took a long time. It took a lot of tries. But they kept going. And I want us to read Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 12. And, you know, I hate to call it a failure. I don't know if that's the right word for it. But we really see an example here where Jesus was not very successful in what he set out to do. And that ought to be comforting if Jesus didn't even have. 100% results. Well, then we're definitely not going to have 100% results. But look at verse 1 of Mark chapter 6. It says, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. This, that right there is a good verse to read to Catholics because the Virgin Mary didn't stay that way. After that, she, her and Joseph uh, were man and wife. And uh, they had 
at least there's four boys they mention, and they mention sisters plural. That's just a side note there, just a little thing to help you out there. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk, and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. We're going to stop reading there for a little bit. We're going to read some more verses a little later on. But notice the outcome of Jesus' attempt to help the people from His own hometown. I mean, think about it. Here is... I mean, Jesus has been going around. He's been having successes at place. And here He goes to His own hometown. He's there in Nazareth. And He does... They see these mighty works that He does. They hear the wisdom that comes from His mouth, but they just doubt Him. Wait, isn't this the carpenter? Remember, Jesus didn't start His ministry until He was 30 years old. And in the Jewish culture, they usually had started their trade by about 12 or 13 years old. So Jesus, He'd been around there for about 18 years probably working as a carpenter just like His stepfather Joseph did. And these people, they knew who Jesus was. They knew Him as a carpenter. They uh, and they obviously didn't pay a whole lot of attention to him during that time. He kind of blended in there with society, and uh, he worked among them. But when they saw him doing these things, they thought something's wrong here. Jesus can't be doing this, you know. And I think one of the reasons for this, and it doesn't say in this passage, but in Israel they were very—I uh, don't know what word it is to use—but they were. Well, I guess they were very prejudiced in a lot of ways. Remember, I believe it was Nathaniel when he they were telling about the Messiah, this Jesus of Nazareth, and he's like, "Can any good thing come out of Nazareth?" Hey, he he's from Nazareth. If this can't be the Messiah, he's not going to come from there. And I don't know, maybe the people from Nazareth they thought that about themselves. Wait, this guy's one of us. He's been around us, and Bible says that Jesus could do no mighty works. In other words, Jesus couldn't do. Mighty works there because of their unbelief. That's another message right there. I think you know the power of God, a lot of that has to do with our belief and our faith in Him. I think one of the reasons we don't see God do much sometimes is because of our unbelief. And Jesus was not able to do many mighty works. It says right there in the passage, because of their unbelief. They doubted Him. They had no reason to doubt Him. Jesus only spoke wisdom that astonished them. Jesus only did uh, miracles that astonished them, but yet they still didn't believe. And and there was a failure here. And they said, not because of Jesus, but because of their unbelief. And when we try to accomplish something for God, there's going to be times where we fail. There's going to be things that we set out to do that don't work. And you know what? It's not always because of us. Sometimes it's because of other people. Now, Jesus went and did what He was supposed to do. He went there and He preached to these people. He spoke the words. He did the miracles. But because of their unbelief, nothing could be done. And one of the things that you're going to find out when you set out to be a servant of God, when you try to do something to make a difference, it's not always going to work out the way that you want to. People aren't always going to respond the way you want them to respond. There's, I mean, there, there's going to be failures. 
Sometimes it's real easy to, when we do have a failure to just beat ourselves up because it didn't work out like it was supposed to. Or maybe it didn't work out like it did for somebody else or it didn't happen for us the way it happened to somebody in the Bible. But listen, sometimes it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with those out there. And that was clearly the case because we know Jesus wasn't the problem. Jesus clearly was not the problem, yet He was not able to do any mighty works there because of their unbelief. But notice though, that Jesus Christ, He didn't stop then and say, you know what? I'm done. The Bible says that Jesus marveled. Verse 6, and He marveled because of their unbelief. I mean, Jesus was... Um, he's, he's amazed. I mean, imagine being able to kind of amaze Jesus or to, uh, or, or to shock Jesus or to get, have Jesus, the wisdom He had scratching His head. He's looking at these people and He's thinking, how can they not believe? They've amazed Him in a bad way. But I mean, they were really... Uh, Jesus was shocked at what He saw in these people. And so whenever you set out to do something for God, and especially when it comes to the ministry, especially when it comes to the church, it's it's something where you are dependent on other people. That's why I'm thankful for the people we have here. I thank God that we have people that are faithful. I'm glad that I don't have that you know this crowd here tonight, I don't have to go out there and check up on you every week and bribe you and do all these things to get you out here. I thank God for that. Listen, there's some guys when they start churches, that's kind of how they have to do it. I was talking to Brother Runyon um, last night, and he he uh, he started a church years ago, and one of the first things that they did is um, somebody gave them a bus, and so they started a bus route, and he went and he just they he kind of had to do it himself, and went and picked up a bunch of people, mostly kids, and he said he didn't care because he just he just wanted bodies in the pews. And it, I mean, a good portion of his church at that time was kids. They probably had more kids than they could, they could handle. But he, he just he wanted bodies in the pews, so it wasn't discouraging for others when they came in. And that, that's kind of how he had to do it. And uh, and you know, the Lord the Lord blessed. He kept going, but Jesus, no doubt, in this passage, he was disappointed. And what happened? I would think the first people that you would want to win to Christ are the people from your home hometown. But it is different. He said a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. I used to feel that way when I was over at Lighthouse. I always felt limited over there because a lot of these people that I'm preaching to, they knew me when I was a little kid. They knew me when I was a brat and when I was a pain in the neck. Yeah, you know, that's a blessing here. You know, you all didn't know me. I got that advantage, so I can tell you how good I was and uh, when I was a kid. And you're not going to know any better. But I mean, it, it did seem difficult sometimes. I remember those first times. I'm preaching, and just you can kind of see the look on some of their faces. Some of my school teachers, you know, one in particular I'm thinking of, you know, love the lady to death. You know, she'd just sit there and she just kind of had this look in her face, like I can just I can get up here right now and just <laughs> I mean rat you out to the whole church, and she could have because I gave her all kinds of trouble, and it just it always felt tough. And I thought, man, it's going to be so nice, you know. Someday to go where people didn't know me when I was younger. And I wasn't a horrible kid or anything like that. I didn't do anything that would disqualify me from the ministry. And obviously, Jesus, He was perfect. 
But yet, because they knew Him as a carpenter, because they knew Him as a child, because they knew who His parents were and His brothers and sisters, they weren't impressed. They, you know, it's just, I guess the mystery and everything was gone. He didn't have that automatic credibility that a lot of the prophets would have. And so Jesus, no doubt, he was disappointed. But how did he handle it? Because we're going to have that. You know, the first time you try doing a Sunday school class, I mean, it it might fail miserably. I mean, you're not going to be able to get those kids to pay attention. Maybe in adult class, you're not going to be able to get them to listen to you. They're not they're not going to want to come. They're not going to show up. You're going to do everything you can. You're going to study the best you can. You're going to go out. You're going to invite people as much as you can. It's just not it's just not going to work when you when you first try it out. And so what do we do? And what did Jesus do? Well, first, He went ahead and He did what He could do. Look at verse 4. It says, And Jesus said unto them, A prophet was not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. When Jesus went there and these, these people are not believing Him, He didn't go and say, You know what, town? Forget you. I'm done with you. He went and he at least, there was obviously at least a few people that had a little bit of faith where he was able to heal a few sick people. He didn't raise anybody from the dead here. I imagine in Nazareth, they had people dying just like in some of the other places, but nobody got raised from the dead here in Nazareth because of their unbelief. Jesus didn't cleanse any lepers that we see there or do some of the great miracles that he did in other places. They could have had that. If they'd have believed, the, Jesus Christ was there, and you know what? There's going to be there. You may try to do something here in this church. You might try to start something where I mean, you've got the right book, you've got the right message, you're doing what you're supposed to do. But you know what? The people they're just not going to listen. They're not going to respond. You're going to go out. You can knock on those doors, and you can give people the gospel. They're, you're present the gospel right. I mean, you've got your verses memorized, but they're they're not going to listen. So what do you do? Do you give it up? Do you say forget it? Forget all these people? No, you just you do what you can. You there might only be a few. But you be faithful. Jesus went ahead. And those who would listen, those who would believe, he went ahead and healed them. There weren't very many. It wasn't anything too great that he did. But he at least did what he could, and that's that's what you're going to have to do when those times come. Hey, just do the best you can. Do what you can. Maybe there's only one person that's going to listen to you. Well, you know what? Give the gospel to that one person. At least pay some attention to them. Be a blessing to them. Also, notice Jesus in verse six. It says, "And he marveled because of their unbelief." Second thing we see, he did not quit. Even when, now this sounds weird because we're talking about Jesus here, even when he didn't understand what just happened. But Jesus is marveling here because of their unbelief. He, did, he, he goes and he does everything he's supposed to do, and he's shocked at the lack of results that happened. That's going to happen when you try doing something for God. You're going to go and you're going to, I mean, do everything that you should do. It's not, and you're just going to be like, what happened? I did my best. Man, I prayed about this. I mean, I I studied the Scriptures. I did everything 
I was supposed to do. And a lot of times we like to beat ourselves up when we have those failures. When we like, we just we get down and depressed. I've been there before. But you know what? Sometimes it isn't. It's not us. It wasn't Jesus in this situation. And you know what? The key is when you're in that place where you don't know what just happened. It wasn't what you were expecting. I mean, all of us, whenever we plan on doing anything, I mean, we we've got these big dreams and plans. I mean, honestly, when we started this, when we were going to start this church, and I I don't want you to think I'm not thankful for where we're at right now, but you know, I got to thinking. I was like, you know, with all that we're doing, passing out flyers, all the people we've got praying for this church, I was expecting 30 people to get saved the first week. It didn't happen. I expected a full house. I was expecting well over 100. We had we had a little over 100. And I, you know, I got to think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it just stays that way. I mean, we just take off from the get go. I'll be full time right away. I'll be calling churches up, telling them, hey, you don't need to support me anymore. The church is supporting me. I mean, we're just we're booming right now. I mean, I, you know, I, I had those, you know, I, I was prepared for it not to be that way too, and I was okay. It didn't, but I, I, I thought, you know, I think I think this could happen, and it didn't. Like that, you know. And the key is, you just when things don't work out like you expect, you just you don't just keep going. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep serving God. And notice what Jesus did in the second part of this verse. And he went round about the villages teaching. Sometimes you just might need to make a change. You might need to make a move to where. The people are listening. He moved on and he served those who would listen. Now, I, I mean, I guarantee you, Jesus had a burden for these people in Nazareth. I mean, I can't imagine what it was like for him all those years that he grew up there, and he knows that there's something special in store for him. The Holy Spirit hasn't given him the go ahead to go and, and preach the gospel. He hasn't revealed to him what he's supposed to do yet. But I, I, I get to see Jesus. There, I mean, he's a carpenter. He's doing what he's supposed to do, but he's probably just chomping at the bit to get out there. He's seeing the misery that goes on there in Nazareth. He's seeing the oppression from the Roman government. He's seeing people. We don't. We don't. There's no miracles that we know of that Jesus ever did before he was 30 years old. I imagine Jesus saw people die. He saw people sick, and I, I don't know what all went through his head during that time. But I'm thinking he had to be anxious to get out and help these people. And to do something for them. They were special to him, but they didn't listen. And so he moved on and he went to those who would listen. He went round about the villages teaching, all right, they're not listening. I must be about my father's business. I, I got to go out and get the gospel. So he went to the next place and he did the next thing that he was supposed to do. And he preached there and he went to the places where people would listen to him. And that, that, sometimes that's what we have. Sometimes we just need to make changes. You know, there's been things that I've done in my life that didn't work out. That you know, in a earthly sense, were failures. But you know what? I learned stuff from those things that were valuable to me that helped me out. And I moved on and went to the next thing. I was like, all right. And I learned from those mistakes of the past. And we're all going to have those things. And we've got to, we've got to learn to just. To just move on. I, I, when we had the bus route over there at Lighthouse, I mean, you know, bus routes. It, it's kind of sad. You really get attached to these kids and you love these kids, but you know what? They 
they come and they go like crazy. A lot of times they move away. Sometimes they get mad at you. I mean, you can love these kids to death, do everything for them for a year, and one little thing happens. I mean, I had a mom one time. I sent. Uh, we had other people helping us visit, and I sent two girls to go visit this one mom. Her daughters rode the bus, and these poor girls, they were teenage girls. They went there to go just you know see if these girls were coming on the bus tomorrow, and that mom just chewed them out. They didn't even work on the bus route. Just chewed them out because some kid got gum in their hair on the bus. And I mean these poor girls there, I mean they, it really shook them up. I mean they were you know they were doing this good thing and you know just had high hopes and what happens they get chewed out for something they had nothing to do with. She never called and talked to me about it. I was the one if she wanted to chew somebody out, she should have called me up, should have chewed me out, but just I mean just let us have it and didn't let her girls ride the bus for a while. And then a little while later, she decided to start letting them ride the bus again. We started picking them up. And then a little while later, she got mad about something else. A kid threw a piece of candy at her daughter or something and, and then just let, let me have it that time. And the girls quit coming again. You have that all the time. But you know what we just have to do? We'd have to move on and go find those next kids. And pick those kids up. And boy, I mean, sometimes it was just a very a thankless thing. I mean, just it's like when you get chewed out too. It's like all the parents would call each other up. It's like, hey, you know, this week let's just really give it to Brother Tommy, and everybody complained at the same time. And let's tell, let's all take, let's take our kids off the bus. And you hated seeing it, but you had to go on. All right, let's go see if we can find some kids somewhere else, find some place, some people that will listen. And that's what Jesus did. Also, let's read verse seven. Says, and he called unto them his twelve, and began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits, and commanded that they should take nothing for their journey save a staff only, no scrip, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with the sandals and not put on two coats. And he said unto them, In what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. For verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent. You know what Jesus did? He showed others how to fail and keep going. After this happened in Nazareth, Jesus went and sent His disciples out. I don't know. Maybe He sent them out after that because He knew there was places that they were going to go and the people weren't going to listen to them. But they had a responsibility to go to those places and give them a chance. And so Jesus, He goes there to Nazareth. It doesn't work out like He wanted. I mean, after a failure, I guess you could say, is when He sends... His disciples out. You know why? Because those disciples, I imagine when they went out, first went out two by two, I can just see James and John's like, man, we're, we're just gonna, we're gonna blow this city wide open. Boy, they are gonna be so excited when they hear this. And you know what? There were some cities they'd go to and the people would listen. That's how come there was always multitudes waiting for Jesus. He would send His disciples out ahead of time. They'd go preach to these people. Hey, Jesus Christ is coming. He's going to be coming through here any day now. And boy, whenever Jesus would show up, there'd be multitudes. But sometimes, 
There were angry crowds waiting. There was sometimes when there were failures and Jesus told them, He said, listen, when you go to these houses, you go there and if they won't listen to you, you can't make them. Jesus didn't say, hey, let's set up a government where the church is the authority and we execute those who do not listen to the Gospel. He never did that, did He? Jesus never... Jesus never forced people to listen. They had to choose to do that. And He said, when you go in there, if they don't listen, you leave, shake the dust off of your feet. That's a testimony against them. They had their chance. It's going to be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's that's what they did. Hey, just now go on to the next one. Persistence. I said, you go out knocking on doors. Guarantee the first door that you knock on, they're probably not going to come to church. Or the second door. I mean, it sometimes takes a bunch of doors before people finally come. Brother Rooney, he was encouraged. I was telling him about a lot of the people that are in our church. He's like, well, how'd they start coming? I was like, well, we knocked on their door. And boy, that just excited him. Because a lot of churches aren't doing that anymore. And it said, but... While we have several here that came from us knocking on the door, I mean, when you look at the percentage of doors we've knocked and how many have come, it's not that great. But I tell you what though, I I thank God those people are here. I thank God for ladies like Hazel and Beulah that are here every Sunday morning. Just They're faithful. We knocked on their door. I asked Hazel why she started coming not long after a couple of months. She's like, because you asked me. It's like I ask people all the time, and they don't, they don't, they don't come. I, mean, I, just, I don't know. You knocked on my door and asked me. Well, you know, I, I, I sure am glad I knocked on her door. And it's persistence. You just got you got to keep you got to keep on going. Sometimes you'll be out knocking on doors, and there's going to be people. They're going to be rude. They're going to be obnoxious. They might even cuss. Hey, I've never had anybody do anything physical to me yet. A couple I thought maybe. But you know what? When that happens, boy, it just it doesn't feel good. It is humbling when that happens, and it's just it feels terrible. But then it's like, all right, let's just go to the next one. Just keep going. There's been times that after people giving me an earful, it's just like you know, I'd like to call it a day. But you know what? I don't like to. But then the stubborn part of me is like. I'm not gonna let that big mouth stop me from knocking on doors, and then I, 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 you go on and just you just keep going. Some streets, it's like some streets too. That street, man, they're just all rude, obnoxious, and then you have other ones where they're real nice and friendly, and you just yeah, it's it's impossible to predict. That's why you just keep doing these things, and that's what Jesus told his disciples to do: is just shake the dust off of your feet, and then go into the next town, go to the next house. Talk to them. And whoever will receive you, preach them the Gospel. And then finally, so Jesus he showed others how to fail and to keep on going. And then, and I want us to look at John chapter 19, verse 28. Because this is ultimately what we're trying to, trying to work towards. Jesus, He's on the cross. And at this time in John 19 verse 20, it says, "After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, "I thirst." Now there was yet a vessel full of vinegar, 
And they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Notice in that how it says that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Uh, I, I didn't write the verse down, but in the Old Testament it was prophesied that they would give him that vinegar to drink. And there was still one more thing left that needed to be done. There was one more Scripture that needed to be fulfilled. And Jesus, He wasn't lying. He was thirsty. He said, I thirst. And they went and they tried to give Him that vinegar to drink. And in the other kind of Gospel, we see that He refused it. But after that was done, Jesus, in agony that you and I can't describe, He cried out, it is finished. Jesus finished the work that He was supposed to do. It was it was a tough three and a half year ministry, but it was a ministry that was effective like no one else has ever been. He just kept going until His work was completed. And you know what? When it comes down to it, that's all we can really do. You know, too many times we get way too caught up in measuring success by results. That is dangerous ground right there. If you just look at results, if you just look at numbers, you are going to get discouraged real fast. I don't believe that God looks at the numbers. What God looks at is faithfulness. He looks at faithfulness. He looks at obedience. And when He looks at me and when He looks at you, hey, are they doing what I want them? To, what I've called them to do? Are they doing the work that I've given them? And all we and what we're supposed to just do is just just keep going. Just keep doing it. Just just don't stop. Be persistent. Just keep on trying. Keep on going. Whatever it is, you might have to. Sometimes God, He does. He moves. He moves people around. He'll have you do different things in different areas. And just wherever you're at in your life, you just need to make sure. Hey, am I serving God? Am I working for Him? Am I doing what He wants me to do? Am I am I being a witness to people? Don't pay attention to the numbers. Don't say, Hey, you know, I you know, I haven't won anybody to Christ in five years. The question is, are you witnessing them? Are you giving the Gospel out? Most people, the reason they're not winning anybody to Christ is they're not giving the Gospel out. If, and just that's, that's what he's looking at. Hey, are they, being, are they being faithful? I've heard stories of missionaries that it took them years before they got their first convert. And I, I remember uh, some missionaries at my dad's church to China. Boy, China's a tough place to go and be a missionary. And I thank, I thank God for those people to do that. Miss Kim has a cousin it's a missionary. There's a cousin. He's a missionary to China. And man, I tell you, I admire those people. That's a tough place. And these people, they went over to China and they came back four years later and they were kind of telling about what the Lord did in that first four years. And boy, when he was telling about that first year, man, it just it broke my heart. It was tough. He he talked about that first night that his family was all there in China and they just they kind of got together. They're there in their apartment. And they all just started crying. It just kind of set in. We are not home anymore. We're over here in China. They were kind of overwhelmed with it. And so they, they went out and they just, over there, you can't just go start a church like we do over here. You can't go out passing out flyers. Uh, it's is very, very difficult the way you have to do it over there. And it is a very long, hard process. Uh, you have to get to know these people personally. And I mean, I, I, I don't have time to go into all of it. But they were there for, I don't remember how long it was. I know it was well over a year. 
before they got their first convert. Before they had anybody other than their family and their services that they held in their home. And you know what they you know you know and, and now thank God their ministry is doing great over there. They have several people. Uh, a while back I was at Dad's Church and I was reading one of their prayer letters. I they I get them in my email. And um, you know the Lord's doing some things, but it took a long time. They've been there a long time, and the way that it got to where it is today, they just they just kept doing what they were doing. They're still doing the same thing. You know, they have they're they're a lot more successful now, but they're pretty much doing the same thing that they started out doing. But they were persistent. They kept going, and God blessed. And that's key. God's looking for faithfulness, and I believe. The reason many people don't ever see God do some of the great things that He can do is they just they don't they don't go long enough. Just a little while, give up. Just keep on going. Be persistent. Hey, I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to give up. All right, it didn't work here. It didn't work in this area. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to try this. I'm going to I'm going to work in this area. I'm going to I'm going to just keep just keep on going for God. Keep doing something for God. Don't give up. Be persistent. Keep on serving. Keep on making a difference. Listen, you can serve all you want around here. You know, Brother Vanessa, I thank God for him. He serves in many areas around here. But I'm glad he didn't leave the church this morning when I gave Brother Sean all the credit for uh, doing the pews. I guess it was him uh, that was doing it. <laughs> but you know, hey, I, I know he's not in it for the recognition. That's not what it's all about. I know, I know him well enough. But you know what? That kind of thing might happen sometimes. Where you don't get any recognition, nobody pays attention. Nobody—I mean, nobody notices. Maybe there's no results, but you keep on going, and I'm telling you, the rewards eventually will come. And that's what we've—that's what we've got to do around here. I mean, obviously, said you know we're not busting at the seams here yet. We haven't started our new building. We haven't been able to buy. Uh, you know, we haven't you know, moved into a 500 seat auditorium yet. But you know what? That really shouldn't be the goal. Our goal should just be be obedient. And let's keep shooting for those things. Let's be persistent. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep trying. Let's just keep on doing what we're supposed to do. Hey, next Sunday if we come here and we have only half the crowd that we had this week, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to keep doing it. We're going to keep having services every Sunday. We're going to keep having Sunday night. We're going to keep having Wednesday night. When we have our first week of King's Kids, maybe none of the kids are going to show up that were here last year. But you know what we're going to keep doing? We're going to keep having King's Kids every week. We're going to keep out going out and inviting other kids. We're just going to keep at it. We're just going to keep going. I mean, we're going to we're going to be stubborn about it in a good way. Just keep on serving God, and the rewards will come. So let's all stand together.